Hey, it's Monthly Call with Mark. Open coaching this week, and we're going to see who shows up and chats with us. If you are here, you're pretty much the only one here so far, a couple of you here so far, so unmute and let's chat. Hey. Hi, Jenny. Uh, how are you? Pretty good. I drove all night from Colorado back home. Oh, my word. <laughs> that turns out to be actually a great way to road trip. At night? Specifically? Yep, at night. Family sleeps and I drive. Awesome. Cool. I have a question for you and I emailed you, I think, yesterday. Yeah, I saw it about sponsorships. I saw it. Yeah, sponsorships. So just for context for anyone listening, I've got a, an opportunity to sponsor an event that one of my clients is hosting later this year. And I don't have any question about like, whether or not it's a good investment or whether or not I'll get clients out of it or either immediately or long-term or anything. Like, I think it'll be a good opportunity, but from like a cash flow standpoint, I'm trying to decide which sponsorship tier to go with. They have mm. like a wide range and I'm kind of like, what makes sense based on like, you know, extra cash reserve versus like using a credit card for something like that. I don't know. Like that's not really something I would probably entertain anyway, but I'm just sort of curious what your take on it is. Uh, it all, it, for me, it depends completely on the features of the various sponsorship opportunities uh, because there are some sponsorship opportunities that I think are features of sponsorships that I think are worth nothing. Uh, an example that comes to my mind is like, your name is going to be on a piece of paper that's in every swag bag. Like for me, that's worthless. Now I could be wrong in calling it worthless, but I don't believe that people really look at those. I call that flyering. So whenever anybody proposes like, oh, we're going to, we're going to make a flyer for you. I'm like, yeah, flyers are dumb. That's my opinion. But in a sponsorship opportunity, like the pinnacle of a sponsorship opportunity is, we're going to have you, we're going to have you speak from state. We're going to have you on stage. And that'd be like, okay, that's, that's four X the price. It's worth four X the price, for example. Um, anything that puts me in a position of authority in the room, anything that puts me in a position to have uh, conversations with the people in the room that really sets me up to spark relationships is going to be worth a lot. And things that don't do that are worth much less to me. So what can you speak to sort of what the features of the various uh, sponsorship levels are? I can. I know off the top of my head, I know that there are some that are only sort of flyer type stuff, which I wasn't really entertaining. Yeah. Um, but then there are some that I'm just trying to see if I can find the page. Give me a minute and maybe somebody. While you're looking for that, I want to give anybody listening. I want to give an example. So let's say that in the, in the sponsorship opportunities that Jenny's been presented with, let's say there's one that's like the flyering option. And let's say it's 
$2,000. And then there's sort of a speak from stage option and it's $30,000. Depending on the size of the room and whether she feels very confident that her person is in the room, um, it's, I would say many of us would have the instinct like, well, I just sort of want to dip my toe in sponsorship. I'm going to do the $2,000 flyer option. And if it quote unquote goes well, then I'll consider something like the speak from stage $30,000 option. And for me, it's that the $2,000 flyering option is worth actually $0. And the $30,000 speak from stage option could be worth $100,000. For me, the speak from stage option is worth, and you may not even have a speak from stage option, but as an example, the speak from stage option is probably worth a hundred times what the flyering option is. Do you have them pulled up, Jenny? Yeah, I do. <clears throat> so there are a few different tiers um, between $500 all the way up to uh, like there's a 500 option where you just place your brochure at a registration table. There's a $2,500 option, which is logo recognition on the website and printed materials. There's a five grand option where you get an event table, like an exhibition event, event table at their trade show. Now we're getting somewhere. Um, there's a 10 grand option where you sponsor a networking activity or meal. I'm not sure exactly what that means as far as how like interaction with people. Mm-hmm. Um, on that 10 grand option, there's also the exhibition event table and basically everything on the lower tiers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a 15 grand option where you uh, get everything um, from the lower tiers, but you also get formal rec- recognition during an activity or meal, including sponsored provided content. Um, and you okay. get to send an Pause. email to their list, stuff like that. And then they also have a couple more that are even higher that are like you open the event reception kind of stuff. So, so if I pay 10 grand, I'm maybe sponsoring a meal, but I'm not going to have a microphone in my hand. But if I pay 15 grand, I'm going to be doing the same thing, but maybe I am going to have a microphone in my hand. Maybe that's, I think that's what I need to clarify with the host is like, yeah. <laughs> what does that actually look like? Yeah. You got to know what that actually looks like. Mm-hmm. What are the higher options? Um, the highest option is 20 grand and it's, you're the opening reception sponsor and it says, um, sponsor premiere opening event reception where you, and it says in parentheses, welcome attendees to the conference, um, exclusive opportunity for recognition during that opening reception. And then you also get like the exhibition booth and everything. So she needs to do just a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I just need to have a call with her. Be she's like, okay, she's right there. Like? She's right there, but if you want me to write you a check for $20,000, how many people are going to be in the room? So it's going to be 150 people, but there are, it's 150 doctor coaches. So like people who it's kind of like a sub niche of my niche, you know, like, yeah, it's a sub niche of your niche. And it's a, it's a sub niche of your niche that spends a lot of money. I exactly. Can say. Yeah. I can say I, those people spend a lot of money. So you you give me, you want 20 grand and me knowing your lifetime values, meaning everybody listening, I know what Jenny charges. And so do I think Jenny should probably do something with the sponsorship? I do think so. 
I kind of want you to be like, look, the 10, 15 or 20, any one of the 10, 15 or 20 K options could be okay. The opening reception, honestly, is not that exciting to me. The sponsored meal for 15 K. If you put a mic in my hand for five to 10 minutes, I'm in. But if you're like, Hey everybody, hope you love lunch. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if that's 15 K for me, but she's right there where it's my thought process is this. You could end up with over the next couple of years, five or 10 clients out of that room. I don't think that would be a big stretch. And we know what you're going to generate from five or 10 clients, both in terms of a project like builds and also care plans. I definitely think you should do something with a sponsorship. Yeah, that's I would. my thought too. In your position, I would. Okay, cool. Thank um, you. That's super valuable input. Yeah, I think you got a great opportunity there. Awesome. Uh, for anybody, I'll, I'll share my short sponsorship story. It's kind of how my, one of my, how my business started. I was still working at YNAB and I was just sort of being introduced to this world of life coaches and seminars and the whole thing. I didn't know anything about it. And I was presented with this opportunity to sponsor an event. And it was like, I was going to be the registration sponsor or something. And we didn't, we didn't know what we were doing. It was like 10, $8,000 probably spent another $2,000 on materials and another couple thousand on travel. And what it was, uh, there was like, so you had the registration tables, you walk into the kind of conference area and people would do their registration there. And then you go like 20 yards past that and off to the side, there's Mark with a little table. And I want you to imagine me in like the cheesiest, you need a budget logo golf shirt. It was like lime green. I didn't know what I was doing. People are walking by. They're just walking by and sort of looking at me awkwardly. Like, hey, what are you up to? I'm like, and I had to start being like, I paid 10 grand for this. And I had to start trying to corral people over to my table. They didn't want to come. It was so awkward and terrible. I ended up getting clients from that because I had a client there and she was a super connector. She introduced me to a bunch of people and I ended up getting a bunch, pretty good number of clients from it. But none of them came from the supposed sponsorship because it was set up so badly. And I was, and I was so awkward in it. But... I ended up doing that sponsorship and one more and they did get me clients and they were very expensive on a per client basis, but they ended up being seeds for other clients. So sort of like they seeded relate, they created seeds for relationships that, you know, really took me to a full-time business, but I should have asked a lot more questions about, okay, you're calling me the event registration sponsor. What does that physically look like? How will I be interacting with people at this conference? And if I, if she had told me what it was and it was, that was, you know, that was $8,000. If there'd been a $20,000 something that just meant a lot more interaction with the attendees, I would have spent the 20 because the eight was terrible and also super nerdy and awkward and cringy, the whole thing, but funny in hindsight. Anyway, that sounds like a great gig, Jenny. Tell them all to hire me as their bookkeeper while you're at it. Just real quick. 
Uh, Kat, you got something you want to talk about? I just called you out on this recording, so now you have to. But you're you're muted. I can't hear you. you pick an input. Can you hear me now? Perfect. Um, I did come with a question. Uh, so I am just doing contracted coaching. Like I'm just contracted and getting paid. But my question is like, I never pay myself because I was working like a part-time job separate from this, but then I quit my part-time job. So now this is like the only thing that I make. And my husband just keeps saying like, what do you pay yourself? And I'm like, no, I just, it just goes into the business and I don't really like give myself any money from it. So like, what do you recommend? Like I should to like, how much should I pay myself and how much should I leave in the business? And like, what is like, what should that look like? Uh, there really isn't a should. Yeah. You're probably not surprised to hear me say that. No, not. <laughs> but I think there is something, it depends on what you want the money to do for you both in terms of what you want it to purchase and also how you, you want it to help facilitate a feeling. Mm. Meaning I forever, I've encouraged people when they're relatively new in their business to, to pay themselves something, anything, just so there's evidence, there's more readily available evidence that the hard work they're doing is impacting their life in some way that's meaningful to them. So I've encouraged people like, Hey, once a month, take your significant other out to dinner and say, we're doing this with the money that I earned in my business, because now it's got a concrete presence in your life. And that is exciting and you can build on it. And then people could build from there to like, oh, I pay my cell phone bill with my business and, or I pay my mortgage. Oh yeah. I've started, I pay the mortgage or we take a big family trip every year and my business has started to pay for it. It starts to become very real in your life. Whereas if you never start to pay yourself, then your business can become a thing that only exists to pay other people. Which is what I feel like it is right now, only because if I take money from it, I feel like it will only end up going towards which it will like loans that I'm paying back to other people anyways, or like, I don't know. Um, but it doesn't need to only go back to paying. It doesn't need to only go to paying back loans. There's a great book called the richest man in Babylon. It's like classic, uh, classic personal finance book. And in that book, it doesn't, enc it encourages people to, in, when they're repaying debts to pick a percentage of the money they, they earn and to use it to pay off debts, but not to make that percentage a hundred. Mm. Okay. My personal feeling is that uh, overemphasizing debt elimination can put people into actually a cycle of borrowing and repayment where they, they just think that money is earned to pay back debts and it's not meant to really do anything else. And so, you know, let's say, uh, arbitrarily, let's say if you were to start taking uh, $500 per month from your business, and I would say, you know, take, take a percentage, take a hundred of that and start to put it toward whatever debts you'd like to repay. And then let those numbers grow, both the number that you're taking out of the business and the number that you're putting toward debt. But 
it's hard for me, maybe not for other people, but it's hard for me to really get excited about working to pay off debts. Yeah. But I can feel more excited about working to buy other stuff and experiences and then let the debt elimination happen as a natural consequence of everything else. Okay. Okay. Uh, one other note, by the way, anybody listening, when you just heard me say, I'm going to, we're going to go out to dinner or I'm going to pay the mortgage or whatever with my business money. I want to be clear that what I mean is you have a business checking account. You withdraw a certain amount from the checking account to the person, the business checking to the personal checking. And then from the personal checking, you make personal purchases. Cause I confuse people sometimes when I say, yeah, let the business pay the mortgage. They're like, wait, so I connect my mortgage deduct auto, my automatic mortgage payment to my business checking. No. Gotcha. So that's just a little practical side note. And as you like, this brings me to a question, you as my bookkeeper, like if I am paying myself, you don't care what happens with that money once it leaves my business account. Nope. Okay. No. Um, if you are, taxes are a consideration, but they're not, as we've talked about in some other session, they're not a consideration based on how much money you withdraw from the business. The, the consideration with taxes is how much money the business generates in profit. So the safe play for you right now would probably be to take, mm, can, by the way, caveat, disclaimer, consult with your tax professional, but it's probably something like 10 or 15 cents of every dollar should be set aside for taxes. Okay. Every dollar that you get paid in your contract coaching yeah. thing. Okay. which is actually probably less than I have been setting aside for taxes. Yeah. Depending on personality, sometimes people weigh over withhold or over save for taxes, which is not the end of the world. It just, it ends up creating a nice little savings account for you when tax time comes and you're like, Oh, I thought I needed 10,000. I only needed 3000. I have 7,000 yeah. that I've sort of saved. Yeah. You can do something fun with that, but. Okay. Uh, for all of you who have your businesses, but you're in a, a relationship where you file joint your taxes jointly, the amount that you are holding for taxes will largely be a function of your household income, not just how much profit your business is generating. Because the money from your business flows through to you as a household and yeah. gets taxed as part of that joint tax return. So when you're figuring out what percentage should I hold, consult with your significant other and also with the tax professional both of you use because some of my clients don't need to withhold. They don't really need to be setting aside anything for taxes. And some of them need to be um, holding 50 cents of every dollar because they're already in such a high earning household. Ugh, that's what it is. My husband ruins that for us. Okay. Thank you. Many, many of them do. I know. <laughs> okay. Thank Which you. by the way, uh, I'm not going to get us on too big of a tangent here, but in those situations where your household tax rate is very high, so every extra dollar of income that the household generates is probably taxed at, I don't know, 38 to 45%. It's probably not, it's, anyway, it's somewhere in there. Uh, you end up having to think about like, well, then money I spend in my business is discounted even more because I have such a high tax rate. So if I have, uh, let's say, let's say I'm in a household where my, my profit in my business is going to be effectively taxed at like 40 cents on the dollar. 
well, when I get presented with an opportunity for coaching for an experience or for an experience and it costs $10,000, I'm effectively getting a 40% discount on that experience because my household tax rate is so high. Mm. That probably confused everyone, but it is something to consider. Huh? Yeah. So depending on your household tax rate, a $10,000 coaching experience actually costs more like six or seven because that money was going to go to the government anyway. So that is an interesting way to think about it. It is. And I probably just ruined everyone's budgets because they're like, Mark said I can spend. (laughs) Mark said I should spend. (laughs) This money is gone. That's not what I said, but it is something to factor in. Thank you. Are you liking contract coaching? Yeah. I, um, because I was, this is a thought, but I was terrible at marketing and I was not doing a very good job. And so it's, it's great for me right now. I do, I do hate the thought of trading like time for money still, because that's exactly what I do even as a contracted coach. But, um, I don't, I mean, I like it for now. I like it for now. Well, I'll, I'll give you my thought. Everyone trades time for money. Well, that's true. No one doesn't. I wish that I was trained. I wish my time versus money. Was- you wish it was a different ratio. Yes. Yes. But I, yeah, sure. Um, it's a great, I used to be sort of anti-contract coaching, like, no, build your own business, build your own business. And I've completely, I'm 180 on that. I, I, right now I love it. Like I don't do anything and I have clients and I can practice my coaching and get better at coaching and do like, and I, I love it. Yeah. So now if people ask, oh, I have a contract coaching opportunity, should I take it? I always, you know, do you like the person you'd be, you'd be working with? I mean, really, will you look forward to your interactions with the person or the organization? Uh, do you think that the practice you'll be doing will benefit you and your clients now and in the future? Then by all means. Yeah. Beautiful. Cool. Thank you. Great to talk to you. Oh, you asked in your email, you asked about my event in September. Oh yes. Thank you for reminding me. Thank you for reminding me to sell it. Um, I it's so it's it's scheduled for September 20th and 21st here in Salt Lake. Okay. If enough people show an interest in coming li- live and I'll be checking with everybody who's already signed up and saying like hey we kind of got some two directions we can go here. We can do it in person. But plane tickets cost a jillion dollars right now. Crazy. And so I know that I'm at least offering a virtual option. Okay. I may switch to have the whole thing being virtual. But, I like either option. Yeah. The sales page is at let's do the books forward slash conference and um, details to follow. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Amy, are you here to chat? Sure. I hope. Yeah. What do you got? Yeah. Um, so I, I have the CFO and he said that maybe I should do some Facebook ads again. He sounds terrible. <laughs> so I don't know if I know so much need coaching if I have questions, but I, I, this is my first day back after 10 days off and my brain was starting to like chug back up again about client acquisition. 
Mm -hmm. that, you know, I just, I, and I didn't do a hard blitz of any kind, but I, I just to kind of gauge, and maybe I was testing to see if I believed you or or not. I don't know. There could have been some (laughs) subterfuge in there. Always Um, wise. No, I'm not talking to you right now. Go lay down. Sorry, Lou, the dog has something to say. Um, I just did a, a really small push just to my list for my free to paid coach, my $1,000 program. And mm-hmm. yeah, it just, I just got a couple of sales. It was nothing, nothing too crazy. And so I am looking at client acquisition, how to do it smartly, how to maybe, you know, and, and maybe even how to do it. Um, uh, I don't know what you call this, where like the, like net zero kind of, where there's an mm-hmm. upsale kind of involved. So, so it's either maybe offering a very low cost of entry upsale or something along those lines. So I just wanted to bring it up. And I thought I would bring it up on the group call in case like anybody else needs to hear this. Like what is your, what is like the thing that you have seen that's the best way for client acquisition? And then I, you know, do you recommend a selling like a $7 class or do you recommend like the, the freebie and then maybe a small upsell to get them? I always forget the word, but I know that there's a word of like, you're priming them to pay you money, but the dollar amount that they're paying you is pretty insignificant. Well, in the, in like classic sales training, it's sort of the small yeses that lead to the big yes. Yeah. And in our, in our modern sort of funnel driven world, that has often looked like a seven or a nine or 11 or whatever. And then a, and a $30 bump in the whole sort of funnel driven approach. So, so yeah, do I have I, a recommendation. I, I don't have a recommendation other than testing, which is such a easy sort of maybe weak answer, but I, I have so many examples of clients doing things so differently and successfully. Okay. All going all the way back to when Brooke Castillo was selling, she was like all in on the click funnels philosophy in particular and using click funnels, the software. And she had like the $7 book and then the bump to a $47 something. And then another bump to a self-coaching scholars membership. That was all yeah. do all of that inside her funnel. And she sold zillions of the $7 thing. It all worked really well. And then also she just stopped it and it continued to work well, meaning she got rid of the seven, she got rid of the 47 and the, this is years ago, by the way, all she sold in the funnel itself was a $297 per month self-coaching scholars membership that worked well. Okay. I have clients right now who are selling a very low price, something on with Facebook ads, and then they're going from the like very low price, something to like a multi-thousand dollar something. And that's working well. People seem to do this all kinds of different ways and have it work out and have it not work out. Right. (laughs) And I look at the whole thing and I'm like, yeah, this looks interesting. I'm glad I'm not in the business of I shouldn't be glad I'm not in the business because the contract, the, the Facebook ads managers generally make good money, but there are, there seem to be many moving parts. Okay. What seems true across all my clients over the last eight years or whatever 
is that the the market is a major factor in success. The consultant that you use to help manage your ads seems to be a major factor in success. And the willingness to break even on the funnel. So in your, I think we've talked about this, but in your case, the free to paid coach at $1,000, I think to really give that a great chance of success, you probably have to be willing to spend a thousand or a little over a thousand to make the thousand dollar sale because of how we're assuming that will set you up to make $10,000 sales. Okay. Right. My assumption, this this doesn't always hold by the way, because some of my clients sell a a $2,000 thing kind of as their first main offer and they're very profitable on that offer, but, but they would still be massively profitable if they made no money on the $2,000 thing and had all their profit come from the later things. The mindset that I think this game requires is the willingness to have none of the money that you generate from free to paid coach yeah, end up in your pocket. Okay. And to have all of the money that ends up in your pocket come from mastermind. Okay. Um, yeah. And it really is just a mindset because in practice, you could be very profitable on free to paid coach. But I think what sets you up for that is the willingness to break even or be slightly unprofitable on free to paid coach. The Facebook ads, ads game seems to be one. And I don't think I'm particularly well suited to this game for this reason. It seems to be a game that requires you to not hold on very tightly to the money that that front end offer brings in. And I still, I see in myself this mindset of, I want a big chunk of every dollar that comes in to go in my pocket. Yeah. And the Facebook ads game seems to be one that requires letting go of that mindset. Okay. So it sounds like, and the, my website designer is on this call, so. <laughs> She's fantastic. <laughs> so letting her see my thought process here also. So it sounds like maybe come up with a funnel, which I already have one-ish. We just don't have, I already, I already have a funnel on my website right now. It's a very, very simple. Here's a freebie. There's no upsell to it or anything, but maybe te- just test a couple things and see what works. This is your kind of. Yeah, I think you and Jenny in your collaboration would be wise to create pages that are, and I think Jenny, I mean, Jenny does this anyway, but pages that are sort of modular enough that we can sort of be swapping in and out variations of the, the page in general, but, you know, sections are, that are like by this little mini offer or by this bigger offer. Yeah, a, a modular system is going to be well suited to the experiments that you're going to be running with Facebook ads. Yeah, because what I'm thinking now is I have my current freebie is a downloadable PDF that I could very easily create a video or a class that includes going more in depth and offering actual coaching that 
you know, could be an hour long class for, you know, $19 that would, you know, I mean, I could probably very easily do that. But then I've also thought about running ads to what have traditionally been free trainings, but calling them like a $7 training or a $9 training, you know, $9 I'm running, you know, an hour long and it's a live class and we're all going to be there and it's going to be great because I typically get really great response and really great attendance in those. So just try any and all of it, basically. Try any and all of it. And what, what, uh, what underpins the whole thing is when you choose this business model, the, and by that, I mean the thousand dollar front end and the, and the 10 plus thousand dollar back end or, or yeah. any variation of sort of smaller purchase leading to bigger purchase. What you're actually choosing is to become a professional marketer and to have a disproportionate percentage of your time and energy go toward, as you said earlier, client acquisition. Yeah. It is the, in my opinion, the highest paid work in the world. What it requires is, in my observation of all the people I've worked with, Brooke Castillo, Jody Moore, Stacey Bayman, all these types of people, what it seems to require is fully embracing your role as first and foremost professional marketer and as like very close second place coach. So I that's, think that's important. That's I, I needed to hear that because I don't think I've ever, I've, yeah. Because I'm like, I've considered myself a coach who does marketing. Yeah. And I don't know whether, I mean, I would love to have Jody Brooke and Stacy sitting here right now. They may say, no, Mark, we're coaches first. And I might say, mm, I worked with for you for a lot of years. And I think you're a marketer first who is, does brilliant coaching. I'm not diminishing them as yeah. coaches. No, I, I understand what you're saying. I, I, I understand you're not right? like diminishing the role of coach, but right. really, really, this is a professional client acquisition. This is exactly. professional, professional level, getting new people in. Exactly. And I have seen, I was really, cause I, um, you know, I have seen that I have marketed to and really nurtured and nourished my current people. Yes. And a lot of them haven't bought yet. If I, so the shift that, that could, and this is relevant to the conference in September, and this is relevant to, I think a lot of people who will end up listening to this call because of the relationships you've already nurtured. Yeah. If you were to come to me and say, actually, my business model is going to be $25,000 plus one-on-one or very small group experiences. And my goal is to make, uh, to have the business generate, let's say in the half million dollar per year range. Yeah. And I'd say, oh, never mind. We don't have to do Facebook ads anymore. Because you already have the ability and the track record of, of developing enough relationships and deep enough relationships that if you said, well, my goal is to generate 20, 20, $25,000 transactions per year. And I'd say, I don't really think that requires a Facebook funnel. Yeah. But if you want to generate a hundred, 200, 300, $1,000 transactions per year, 500, $1,000 transactions yeah. per year. I, I don't know of a way to do that other than a Facebook funnel. Okay. That makes sense. One of those businesses is well suited to generating millions of dollars in revenue. And it's that one. It's the Facebook sort of driven one. 
Yeah. One of them is is really well suited to generating um, hundreds of some hundreds of thousands per year in income for you personally, profit in your pocket, with a relatively light work schedule and a small team, very small team. Yeah. So it truly becomes like two roads diverged, and you picked like which one do I want to go down? Yeah. And I think they're both fantastic. I think it's uh, there's no wrong choice. Well, I mean, and I think you know this too. I'm now in a different place than I've ever been. And I certainly, I have actually entertained, like I, when you do like a way pull, pull back, if you were to change everything, you like if you were to clear the table, like I can build any business I want. I, I went back to what you were just saying. What if that is really what I want? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's been, I really have appreciated your your questions and your your space that you've held as, you know, I kind of am in this place of transition and kind of like, I've done such amazing things in the past six years. Where, which direction do I want to go from here? Cause it doesn't have to be the, and I am kind of speaking maybe now for other people who are listening, it doesn't have to be the same projection that has been painted as the only way to go. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I've really appreciated that because it's kind of, yeah. I had a lot of fun sipping cocktails on the beach in St. Thomas going, if I could do anything I wanted to, what would it be? <laughs> yeah. It's the right question to ask. Yeah. I think over and over and over throughout the life. Yeah, of, uh, yeah. Business. I think so. All right. I should better, probably should let my website person know that there might be some, some changes She's coming. sure. I'm sure she's ready. I'm sure she is. Fun to talk to you here. Yeah. I guess we'll talk in our next CFO session. Yep. Uh, anybody else want to chat on the call? Jenny, are you talking to us? I was going to say, I could say more, but I wanted to give someone else a turn. <laughs> say more. We've got some, we've got some minutes. Yeah. So kind of piggybacking along what Amy was saying, like, I want to make sure that I'm building the kind of business that I'm going to like running in like yeah. three to five years. And I know I've mentioned on the, a call here before, and you know, I'm making a course and it's basically like for the baby coach that wants to have some kind of business card website and they don't want to spend hours and hours and hours bashing their head against the keyboard. And it's like six modules, so basic and simple and it's going to be awesome. And like, I've already have a pilot group running through it and giving me feedback and they're loving it. And also giving me really good feedback of how I can make it better. And I'm kind of like, what sort of goals do I want to set around acquisition for this course? Mm-hmm. so that it's, it's still the kind of business that I want to have, you know, cause it's mm-hmm. easy to be like, Oh, I want to sell it to 500 coaches in a year. That would be awesome. But then it's like, yeah, but is that like, that's the kind of impact that I'd love to have, but is that going to end up resulting in the sort of business that I want to have also? Right. Thoughts. There's a, there's a, here, here's how I sort of define the ends of the spectrum in this particular question. 
at one end of the spectrum, we have, I created a course. It lives on my website. And in my natural way of being in the world and interacting with clients and friends, people land on my website occasionally and, and even more occasionally purchase this course. And when I see a sale has been made, I'm like, oh, that's fun. That's great. They're going to love the course. It's a little bit of money in my pocket. That's fun. I would, I would repeat, you know, you might tell yourself, I'd repeat that over and over again. That's fantastic. That's one end of the spectrum, which is sort of totally passive, uh, totally passive marketing. The other end of the spectrum, of course, is the, is the one we've been talking about where you'd set a price for the course, decide what percentage of that price you're willing to spend on ads. It would probably need to be 100% that you're willing to spend on ads. And then you would sort of jump into the raging river of paid client acquisition. And then it'd be like, okay, well, that's my front end. And then what's going to be behind that? What, what's my goal? Like, what do I want people to buy after they buy that thing? Those are the two ends of the spectrum. And I think there are things in between on the spectrum where you sort of play with something that's slightly less passive, but isn't necessarily sort of the whitewater kayaking that is Facebook marketing. Um, and it just depends on what job do you want the thing to do in your life? Do you want it to be gravy or do you want it to ultimately replace your services and replace maybe too, that may be too like strong of a word, but what, what's, what's the job of this product in your life? Right. It's, it's the introductory thing, I think kind of like you, Amy was talking about priming people. I think it's the introductory thing. People already know me. They already trust me, but my services are like totally not in their reach and not appropriate for where they're at in their business anyway. Mm-hmm but they want to work with me in some capacity. And so they go and they buy the course and then I sell them on a care plan potentially. Uh, that's kind of oh, a yeah, big assumption. Said that before. I do like that. <laughs> like that's kind of an assumption that someone that buys, you know, a $300 course is going to want to pay $150 a month for a care plan. Like, I, I don't know. Um, and then after that, you know, two, three years down the line when they've, they're very established and they have extra revenue and they want to like go all in on a project that some of them will potentially do that. So that's kind of where I'm thinking it fits in my product ecosystem, but, um, yeah, it's just more about like, do I, do I, I'm so good at like marketing. I mean, you and I've talked about this before, like marketing sort of passively where like I publish a blog post every week and I post some on social, but mostly I'm active in like the coaches, like Facebook group where all the LCS alumni hang out. And like, I'm really good at that. <laughs> and that's well, all I do. Really. In there? I don't think I even knew that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm really, I try to be active in there. It's fun for me. Like, I like that. It doesn't feel like work, mm -hmm. you know? So like, if I could do that all day and get clients out of it, it would just be so awesome. But I realized like, that's, <laughs> it's probably not enough for the impact that I think that I want to have with this course. An interesting thought experiment, Jenny, is if you could only, I'm laughing because yesterday on our drive, Kate was like, if you could only eat one fast food for the rest of your life, what would it be? And we had a spirited discussion. So this is sort of in that same vein. If you could only grow one of your product lines, which one would it be? Like your revenue, revenue sources. That's really tricky. Yeah. That's why it's a good question. <laughs> I it's really like, like, it's like the fast food question. It's, totally. it's not easy to answer. Yeah. 
but which one would you choose? I mean, I really like the relationships that I build in my project based work. That's like the one-to-one really uh-huh. high touch work, uh-huh. but I really enjoy the uh, ease. Isn't the right word, but sort of like the my, of my care plans, the way that it's recurring revenue, which is so amazing and awesome and stable for me and my business. And it also allows me to continue to support my clients as they like grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. And that is super satisfying as well. So Ooh, probably here, let me, the let me reframe plan. the question. Let me, cause I think that's a good answer. Let me reframe the question. If I told you, you had to make one of your offerings free right now, which one would become free? Oh, the course would be free. Okay. Let's put, I'm very curious to force you to choose between making (laughs) services free or making care plans free. If you had to make one of them free, which one would you make free? I mean, maybe the website builds, which sounds crazy because that's like my higher revenue thing, but then it gets people in the door then to work with me long-term, which is really fun. So it doesn't sound crazy to me. It would, if I owned your business, that would have been my answer. I would build websites for free and I would have the care plans be the, be the revenue source in the business. Now, of course you don't have to do that. And I don't think you should, when it comes to the course, you, you jumped here, but when it comes to the course, knowing that what you really want the course to do in the business, and we know you want the course to help coaches because that's who you are, but what we know you want the course to do in the business is to prepare people to sign up for care plans and potentially builds full builds. To me, that puts downward pressure on the price of the course. I want, I want there to be tons of coaches and specifically business coaches out there. I want Amy, I want Amy Latta out there saying, you're going to need a website. You've really got to start with Jenny's course for coaches on how they get like their first website set up and it's going to look good. It's going to look pro. It's not going to cost a lot. I want tons of people out there saying, Oh, all of us use Jenny's course to get our website set up. So they don't cause people's eyes to bleed. And so they like set us up to, you know, for our future websites. So for me, that puts downward pressure on the price of the course and knowing what you have available for uh, monetization in your in your ecosystem with the care plans and the builds, and knowing that you, I don't think you're excited necessarily to spin up a big Facebook campaign to sell hundreds and hundreds of the course. For me, all of that puts downward pressure on the price of the course. We want as ma- we want it in as many. We want it to be as easy as possible for people to get it in their hands. So it may not be a zero price, but it's. I mean, it's all arbitrary. I mean, if it's less than, I was thinking like 297 or something, but maybe even that's too much. Like it's all arbitrary anyway, right? (laughs) It's all arbitrary. It's completely arbitrary. And there's real psychology that says, you know, well, if you did give the course away for free, then people might not even set up their websites because they wouldn't care enough. My thought is no, they need a website and it is so painful to try to set up a website when you don't know what you're doing that by the time they're looking at your course, they're probably going to do something. I don't know if I would charge 297. 
I want people, if I have your product, I want people in their Facebook groups, in their masterminds, talking to their friends saying, oh, well, this, this person, Jenny Lakenon, she, Lakenon, she's a coach. She has this great course. It was, it was fill in the blank, easy amount of dollars to spend. You just got to do it. It's going to save you so many hours. And then they're signing up for care plans. Your care plans are such a brilliant business model. So that's how I would, that's how I would think about the marketing for that course in particular. Well, that's smart. It gives me ideas of how I could kind of leverage my existing relationships to. Which of which it. you have many. Yeah. Many of whom are, are who, who advertise themselves as business coaches. So it's like, I get lots of bookkeeping clients from my business coach clients because they're already in conversation with people who are going to need something like what I do. So thank you. Thank you. It's a great, great conversation. Um, okay. We got just a few minutes. Anybody else want to want to chat before we sign off today? A couple people popped in in the last few minutes. I just want to make sure you have a chance to speak up if you have something on your mind. All right. And then I'm going to sign off and go prep for my next call. All of you have an amazing month and um, we'll be talking. Thanks for coming. See you later.